Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So here you go. I don't pay attention to this crap. I just don't pay attention to this crap. The the Trump tweets something, people get outraged, then he doubles down, then they get more outraged cycle. I just can't engage in anymore. Well, going, a lot of it's like a traditional dance where everybody knows their their role and executes the steps and gets a nice round of applause. Well, we thought we we thought we'd do one segment on it just to mention it. MSNBC is doing it right now. So is CNN. They've been doing it now for three days. It goes back two days to when Donald J. Trump tweeted this. He's talking about Representative Elijah Cummings. The reason he's talking about this is because this is the guy that runs one of the committees that's really spending a lot of time looking into Trump's life. He's on the uh, he's actually on a committee that can look into practically anything they want to look into right. and can make trouble for Trump's life. Anyway, Representative Elijah Cummings, he's a black guy. Uh, this is the tweet from Donald Trump. 
Representative Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully, shouting and screaming at the great men and women of Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border, when actually his Baltimore district is far worse and more dangerous. His district is considered the worst in the USA, goes on. As proven last week during a congressional tour, the border is clean, efficient, and well-run, just very crowded. Cummings' district is disgusting, rat and rodent-infested mess. If he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this very dangerous and filthy place. He goes on. Why is so much money sent to the Elijah Cummings district when it's considered the worst run and most dangerous anywhere in the United States? No human being would want to live there. Oh, boy. Where is all this money going? How much is stolen? Investigate this corrupt mess immediately. Um, and uh, immediately people jumped on the idea that these were racist because it's about a black guy. I was surprised. And that, or a um, heavily black city, majority black. I don't know. A lot I, of black people in Baltimore. I was pretty surprised yesterday when I flipped on the, the, the news shows, which caused me to abandon the news shows. Yes. Uh, Goodbye. George Stephanopoulos opened with more racist tweets from Donald Trump. And I thought, wow, wow. you're just going to state them as racist. Now, over on Fox, Chris Wallace said Trump uh, Trump with tweets that Nancy Pelosi says are racist. Okay, that's fine. That's journalism. That's fine. But just declaring them racist tweets is really pretty interesting. Now, uh, before we get into the, uh, the ins and outs of that, Sean printed out a whole bunch of stories last week. This was the last time we were having this conversation when... Trump was going after the squad and telling some of them oh, to right. go back where they came from and everything like that. And the media was then, I think for the first time, I think this is the first time it had ever happened, um, according to some people who follow media, where the CBS Evening News, for instance, with Nora O'Donnell would say, racist tweets from the president. Not present the tweets to the audience and have them decide. Just declare them racist. Or, as Chris Wallace said, uh, tweets that are being called by many racist. And so... Uh, just declared it as a matter of fact, Sean, which is a hell of a thing. Sean printed out a whole bunch of things for me. You know, the different organizations, including the Columbia School of Journalism, which is considered one of the highest, best journalism schools, saying, when is the media going to f- stop dancing around these things and just declare Trump's actions or things he says racist mm, right it's wrong for them to pull back and 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 do the way they're doing wow and apparently the media got scared into that or pushed into that or whatever i think they're way out of bounds in declaring things racist and not just presenting them to people and letting people make up their own mind i believe hispanic people are superior to black people and should dominate them that's racist Elijah Cummings Cummings is a phony, grandstanding liar, and his wife's a crook. Is not racist. Baltimore's a crappy city. That's not racist. So you got the problem of we 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 talked. By the way, I don't consider that a statement of fact. Uh, Baltimore has plenty of rough places and plenty of wonderful places, and is fighting bravely against its challenges. But to criticize a black guy and that is automatically racist is racist. Yeah, so uh, last week when the conversation was over uh, whether or not it was racist to say that these women should go back where they came from, I don't think the media gets to declare things racist. I think they need to. The the real news, the actual news. Mm -hmm. Nora O'Donnell on CBS Evening News, that is just news. That's not supposed to be an opinion piece. And her saying the president's racist tweets have caused is just, I think we've crossed a line into, uh, is there any news anymore? But that was about that comment. 
And with those, there was polling showing that half of America, actually slightly more than half, didn't consider them racist. Right. So does the news get to call something racist that half the country doesn't say is racist? I suppose you could make some arguments that the news should lead people and there's bad people and all this, but I don't think they should. But on this one, there's no freaking way in hell George Stephanopoulos should get to just declare this racist. Right. He has attacked Robert Mueller because Mueller is, uh, uh, for his age and everything like that, because Mueller was coming after him. He's attacked Nancy Pelosi's district because Nancy was coming after him, and people called that misogynistic. Right. He attacks Elijah Cummings because Elijah coming, is coming after him, and then obviously it's racist. He attacks everybody who comes after him. Right. You can't declare that racist. That is... I was really disappointed that some of my some news people that I like just stated it that Trump's racist tweets that is so out of bounds. Well, I think they're probably going to lose the day. Those racists who inhabit a more bubbly bubble than most bubbles are, they hang out with all sorts of people who believe the same thing. Those journalists? Yeah. Yeah, okay. the news people. Yeah. You said those racists, so I was... Oh, I did? Oh, yeah. my gosh, sorry. So, yeah, the news people, they are living in bubbly bubbles. Oh, I think they're going to lose, too. I yeah. agree. Yeah. They're going to lose. Pete, well, for one thing, you're gonna you're helping get Trump elected every single time well, you do that. Well, that was exactly my point, because they are... When they say racist tweets and people think, well, Elijah Cummings is a, a politician... He's obviously uh, a high-profile politician who's going after the president. His wife's under investigation for crimes. Their their charity's phony, by the way. Uh, so all that's going on. But it reminds me of back in the day when you would criticize Barack Obama and immediately be called a racist for criticizing a black president. Not a Democrat president, a black president. And I, I think the journalists are losing America. They're, people are, are, are rolling their eyes and turning away from it. Abs- especially on this one. The idea that him going after Elijah Cummings, who is who is out to ruin his life and may well be able to do it, because Elijah Cummings can actually get his taxes, can actually get his financial stuff, then probably leak, leak it, and yep. yeah, he can get all this stuff. He has it. Trump's going after him hard because of that, not because he's black. That's a crazy notion. And everybody who's ever been called a racist when they're not sees George Stephanopoulos or whatever media using that same old ploy and thinks. F you people. Right. And, I, and the then if you, is, if you do accidentally go somewhere, you shouldn't go. And and normally you would have thought, you know what? You're right. That was rude. I shouldn't have said that about one group or another. The capacity to say that is disappearing. And the Columbia School of Journal and all those uh, journalism and all those other outlets that say the media has to call out, they're wrong. They're just wrong. Yeah. You do not get to, as the New York Times say, more racist tweets from Trump when he's attacking someone that happens to be black. That's crazy. Yeah. Elijah Cummings is a phony grandstander who happens to be black. And mm-hmm. I happen to disagree with everything he believes in. Ted Cruz is a phony grandstander who happens to be white. And I happen to agree with him most of the time. They're both grandstanders. Now, tell me I'm a racist. God, it's so it. I was the, the, amazed. The snuffleupagus thing—that's indefensible. It, it Nora is. O'Donnell, I, that is indefensible. I, I, I couldn't well, believe it. I actually couldn't believe it. What about his history of of racist remarks? Blah, blah, blah. See, that's uh, racist is one, fascist is another, hate speech is another. There's a list of terms that the left has decided they get to redefine. 
to the point that now, I mean, the idea of being called a fascist is just hilarious. It's become a joke now. And, um, you know, some of the sexual stuff I actually read over the weekend, a woman claiming claiming one out of five American women is raped. A number that is just wildly exaggerated, misinterpreted, and the rest of it. It's just a fiction. Um, and it's to your detriment. It makes you feel so excited and adamant and righteous and everything if you start calling everybody a racist all the time. But you are absolutely defeating your own cause. Because people are turning off their, their, their ears and closing their eyes and figuring, screw it. So Cheryl Atkinson, who used to be with CBS News, she uh, she got fired, and then she was written books and has blogs and and podcasts and stuff now, where she uh, she talks a lot about the, the the behind the scenes of the news industry industry. And one of the things that she told us and others is that you get lobbied so much now in modern news. You do a story, and you'll get it from all sides explaining, you need to say more of this, you need to say less of this, you left this out, whatever, or don't do this story or else, that sort of thing. And I guarantee you that Nora O'Donnell and CBS News got lobbied by the Columbia School of Journalism and others. Mm -hmm. You need to call this racist. And because they hang around with people who think like them, they thought, you know, we do. Everybody agrees. And everybody who gives out journalism awards said to them, listen, these are racist tweets. you got to call them that. And what's amazing to me is the way Chris Wallace handled it is perfectly fine. You still get to do the story. You You get to paint the president as much as a racist as you want to do in your evening newscast. You only have to slightly change the terminology right. and say that tweets that some are calling racist or Nancy Pelosi calls racist, just you don't declare with your mouth what they are because mm-hmm. that's not your job. Right, right. Well, where this ends, I think, is with Donald J. serving another four years. I'm surprised they don't get that, too. Yeah, I know. Um, but people get swept up, man. They like the positive reinforcement I heard one person on CNN, I think it was this morning, saying, listen, I don't I don't know that uh, Donald Trump's a racist, or I don't know that this is a racist tweet. I mean, I suppose you could blah, blah, blah. And that was greeted with a stony silence, and they just moved on. So the idea that you could even question it or, or kind of parse that topic was just rejected and moved on from. I wonder if uh, Don Lemon is going to have any influence over the uh, over the questioning. On, he's because he's one of the people on the debate tomorrow night. Oh boy! And um, is he doing both nights? Howard Kurtz was pointing out that it's a pretty extraordinary move to have such an uh, opinion person. Oh yeah, as part of the debates because they got Jake Tapper who tries to do straight up the CNN version of straight up, right? And also a Wolf Blitzer. Who tries to do straight up version? But Don he, Lemon, he's he's more like a, a Sean Hannity or something. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's not even attempting to be straight up. He's trying to advocate for his size, and he calls the president a racist every night. And I wonder if he's going to do that on a national stage for a debate. Mm. He might. Yeah. We'll see tomorrow night and Wednesday night. Well, we'll see. You know, it's one final note on this. Oh man, look at the time. Uh, one final note is that uh, there are those who believe that if the president can keep the left talking about race and transgender and these super, you know, these progressive ideals and keep them from talking about kitchen table issues, as they say, he wins. And they seem to be leaping hungrily at the bait every time he trots it out. So, well, we'll see where it ends up. Uh, we will. We have something good. Oh, have you heard about the the biggest prize ever paid out for a video game contest? 
This could be a, uh, there's a huge section in USA Today, business section about this today. And um, Korean children making millions of dollars. Yeah. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. What are you going to do with the money? Have you given it any thought? Uh, honestly, I'm going to save all the money and put it to my future. Idiot. So that's the world Fortnite champion. Get a Ferrari and an expensive girlfriend. <laughs> that's a video game, Fortnite. I've never played it or seen it and have no idea what it is, but uh, they had a big tournament, and they, that kid, how old is he? 16. And won? $3 million, a uh, 16-year-old from Pennsylvania. 16-year-old won $3 million. Good luck convincing your 16-year-old now that they're wasting their time playing video games and they need to put it down and do something real with their lives. And I don't know much about the state taxes of Pennsylvania, but when the government comes in and takes almost half of that, he will become a conservative. (laughs) Um, So it's growing, and we all know that. There's a new thing called uh, Game One Up. Yeah, Play One Up. It's a new venture that's launched, and this is an opportunity for lots of people to um, you, you play against people at your skill level and then move up to other levels and stuff like that. It's it's like an opportunity to, um, well, to get better and better and better and compete in these tournaments. And there's yeah. more and more of these tournaments. A lot of pro sports owners have started buying these teams or players because they recognize this is an up-and-coming thing. Robert Kraft, who owns the New England Patriots, he owns a team um, in the Overwatch League, the uh, the group that owns the New York Mets bought one of the best Call of Duty uh, players in the in the world and stuff oh. like that. So they they recognize this is if you know it might not surpass the NFL, but it's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Last year, two hundred and fifty eight million people globally watched e games. That's more than people in the United States watched the NFL. So you're comparing the world, them, watched them. watched them. So you're comparing the world to the United States, right? But more people in the world watch these e games than than people in the United States watch pro football. And also, casinos realize that they've got a death spiral going on because younger people are really not as into the slots and all those machines that they got in those casinos. Uh, and and the older people are dying off because of something called mortality. Mm. And so y- younger people, they're trying to get them in with these video games where you can win money sitting at a machine in a casino, and they think that might be the future of that kind of gaming. Oh. You sit down at a machine, play one of those games, bet on yourself, etc. Game-o-skill yeah. entry fee. It's more like, well, it's like poker. Yeah. More than, uh, you know, the one-armed bandits. Yeah, the, the casinos would provide a competitive atmosphere, take a small percentage of the entries fee, and then disperse the rest out as prize pools, whether these are sure. eight-person tournaments or 8,000-people tournaments. Right. The casino doesn't need to win the bet. They just take the vig. 16 years old won $3 million. That's something. Ah, that's nothing. He's a pauper. He's going to be begging on your local street corner next to South Korean YouTube star... Ugh, what's this kid's name? Boram. Who, at age six, 
bought an $8 million building <laughs> in the trendy Seoul suburb of Gangnam. Gangnam style. What's a six-year-old do with a building? Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask her, and she'll smile cutely with her little teeth and point to the latest toy she's pimping. She has two popular YouTube accounts, a toy review channel with 13.6 million subscribers, and a video blog with 17.6 million subscribers. And she just bought an $8 million property at age six. At age six, my children were useless. <laughs> I've sent this article to them. I'm going to make it clear I'm disappointed in them. You bought me nothing. Oh, boy. That's hilarious. Oh, boy. What a world. No kidding. Yeah. says, hang in there, Joe, on the intermittent fasting. It gets easier. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. It's gotten easier since, well, I was down and I ran down to my car and there was a dead squirrel in the parking lot and I ate it. So I'm feeling a little better now. <laughs> yes. The pangs, the pangs. And I try to get it down to where I only eat for 15 minutes a day. Right, right. Between 6 and 6.15. Sit down, kids. Sit down! <laughs> Joe, it's time for dinner. Hurry! Joe, what is your window of eating? I mean, uh, I, I'm just trying to narrow it bit by bit by bit okay. on each end. Okay. Yeah. All right. You don't, it's, I'm not going to be guy who decides he's going to get in shape and goes and works out for two and a half hours at the gym. No, real changes. And then wakes right. up the next morning and right. can't move and never works out again. <laughs> real changes accomplished smallly over time in little increments, and that's how it happens. Right. Much like, look at the blade through the concrete, the blade of grass through concrete, right? That didn't just yeah. show up one day. Slowly but surely, little by little. That's a good one. There is already a crack in a concrete. Yeah, because of the grass. No. Let's get the news now, Marsha Phillips. Well, big win for the president. The Supreme Court clearing the way for President Trump to divert money earmarked for the Pentagon to use to build a hundred more miles of border wall. Yes, we're going to build the wall and make the army pay for it <laughs> by a five to four vote. <laughs> By a 5-4 to four vote, the court went ahead and lifted orders by a federal judge in Oakland and in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that had barred the Trump administration from going ahead with its plan to use military money. What did Tom Friedman say in the New York Times about the wall? I'll be damned. That's some wall. I said, I want a big, beautiful wall. Right. With a big gate. Yeah. A high wall with a big gate. But you have a wall. Yes. You determine who comes into your country. According to the vast majority of Americans who are perfectly sensible about it, and don't all, let anybody call you a racist. Unless all, you're a racist, then and, go ahead. And all of the rest of the world. Right. Right. There's some ideas so dumb only an intellectual could fall for them. Yep. The White House have been urging the high court to step in as soon as possible because they were facing a September 30th deadline to spend about $2.5 billion, so that money would not be available after the new fiscal year begins. Britain. Britain is telling Iran it needs to release a British-flagged oil tanker if it wants to, quote, come out of the dark. Iranian commandos seized that ship about 10 days ago in the Strait of Hormuz. That was two weeks after British forces near Gibraltar captured an Iranian tanker accused of violating sanctions on Syria. So the standoff is continuing with your British foreign secretary telling Sky News... Iran needs to follow the rules-based system of the international community. So anyway, you're still are still holding tankers on both sides. Meanwhile, you got talks resuming this week between the US and Chinese trade negotiators in an effort to end the trade war between the two countries. 
Trump administrator here, uh, administration negotiators flying into Shanghai today. This will be for the first face-to-face talks since the two countries declared a truce at last month's G20 summit. I know I've used this uh, phrase twice now today, or I'm about to use it for the second time, but those negotiations really do strike me as the uh, unstoppable force and the immovable object, and I think in this case the object's going to win. We're not going to get the communist Chinese to give up control of their companies within their country, to give up their forced uh, turning over of technology, to give away the, their right to thieve. That's just, that's their model. That's how they've gotten over. And, and their economic growth is slow. They're facing increasing internal pressure and demographic problems. I, I just, I don't know how much it's realistic we can get. From the Chinese. I think it's great that Trump's trying, but I just not sure how this ends. Results of a new survey might make you think twice before ordering food to be delivered. The U.S. Food Survey found that more than a quarter of all drivers, 28%, spit in the food, admitted mm. to taking food from their deliveries and eating them themselves. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tip in <laughs> advance. <laughs> That's funny. Less surprisingly, more than half said they were tempted by the smell of the food that they were delivering. I can't imagine uh, delivering pizzas, having a whole car full of hot pizzas. And if I was doing that intermittent fasting and driving around with a car full of pizzas, (laughs) everybody's going to come up a slice short, I guarantee you. (laughs) If if you order garlic bread from me and I'm delivering it, you're getting less garlic bread than you ordered. (laughs) There's no stopping. (laughs) One less slice. Or, Jack, come on, be clever. You just... Pluck the sausages off the pizza. Oh, there you go. Couple of pieces of sausage. A couple of pepperonis off the other one. You check those in your mouth. Because you you can't pull off the missing slice. Right. You can pull off one less piece of garlic bread, and you can pull off less sausage and pepperoni. (laughs) You know, Judy and I have gotten pizzas from this one place that we don't go. We don't order anymore. So we're like, this is this. There's no sausage on this pizza. This is oh. like four pieces. The, the this I, place sucks. The idea of the driver plucking those it's off with his, with his bare hands oh, is a little grody. I'd rather you took a whole piece, then you stick your fingers in each piece and take some sausage. <laughs> you want some sausage? Touching the sausage, you just pinch it, and uh, up it comes. <laughs> well, my friends, it wouldn't be summer in America without the Discovery Channel's Shark Week. Started last weekend, continues through August 3rd. You're going to be able to get your fill of all things shark. In that time, more than 20 hours of original programming will keep you glued to the screen. In addition to all of the uh, documentaries they've got uh, set to air, they're rolling out another original movie, Capsized, Blood in the Water. I wonder if Trump and Stormy Daniels send each other cards on Shark Week. I hope so. I remember how they met. That'd be beautiful. Remember? The hotel bed, the sweaty golf shirt, oh. the guy trying to put a tracker on a whale shark. Mm, the you being a whore because you're trying to trade sex for getting on The Apprentice. And you being willing to do it. Um, so, uh, listen, here's here's a word. Everybody takes uh, uh, talks yeah. about Shark Week like it's magical. Here's the inside story. All right. There's no greater authority on Shark Week, not sharks, but Shark Week, then my daughter, Delaney May, my 19-year-old college student, soon to be 20. Good Lord, where's the time gone? Anyway, uh, she she is religious about Shark Week and has been for a decade, maybe more. 
the decline in quality has been disastrous. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, They've no. just run out of good, solid documentaries, and now it's gimmicky. Mm. It's stupid. The science is questionable. Five comedians go on a boat ride looking for sharks, and they crack wise, <laughs> and one does this. I'm the shark expert bit that she says, it wasn't funny when it started, and an hour later, it wasn't any funnier. <laughs> so can you go back and get the original Shark Weeks? That you can in? online. Mm. Yeah, but frequently, they're just dumb you remember last year i was describing what was it two half wits and a hottie or i can't remember <laughs> these like phony they call themselves shark experts because yeah. they saw one once and the chick's got big boobs and she's in a bikini and they ride around talking about sharks and occasionally dive in do something really ill-advised get a bit of footage then talk about that for 10 minutes terrible Terrible decline in quality. Very sad. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. It'd be worth pointing out that, uh, looking at the text line, so we did one segment on the Elijah Cummings tweet, Trump is Trump a racist, blah, 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 BS. Mostly we've been talking about how we're not going to talk about it. Right. We did one segment on it. MSNBC has been doing, has done three and a half days on it. So has CNN. Um, The Sunday shows, it's practically all they talked about. We got two legitimate texts about that. We've gotten more texts on everything else we've brought up today than that. Now, that's just our audience, but I think that's most of real America that it either doesn't pay to this attention to this stuff to start with, and secondly, even if you did, you're just so burnt out on it. It's just like, all right, I get what the game is. You do this, this, I think this, you think that we already think, you know, just, I, I don't know what they think they're doing on those cable news channels. Yeah. Well, well they're, they're desperate. And they've dis- they've cast their lot. With and I don't this, care what they do. Strategy. And I don't care what they do because oh, no. I don't I don't watch that much. But the Sunday talk shows used to be a place where real discussions were had with the important players in America. And now it's more of this crap extended onto the weekend. Yeah, I know. Well, they're they're desperate for a, a fight and a fight that uh, involves Trump. I mean, you always that's... say they're desperate for ratings, but it's not getting them ratings. That's what I don't. That's where I'm lost. Well, if it were working, okay, I get it, but it's not. Well, they're in my mind they're clinging to the wreckage they can find. And you're saying, well, that wreckage isn't good enough to float until the rescue ship gets there. I would agree, <laughs> but it's the wreckage they've grasped. Yeah, anyway. It's just, it's terrible. It's unwatchable. And I guarantee you, listen, maybe it's just because I'm easily led or something, but we throughout our careers have had a really, really good track record of when we're getting tired of something, so's the audience. And so uh, our short attention span has has rewarded us because... Here's another good example for you. Do we have a second for this? Yeah. For some reason, I've gone from a guy who watched the NFL a lot. And my favorite team, I would watch the game, and then sometimes I'd rewatch the second half. I was so into it. Now I'm less and less into it, and now I'm just kind of disgusted by it. And I feel the pull, but not really. And I talk to so many friends who feel the same way. I've taken asking people, hey, just out of curiosity... Are you excited about the, you know, whatever team is their favorite team? And almost universally, almost, I get, not not really, not so much. Got one buddy who's a hardcore Chiefs fan, thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl, and so he's down, man, he's all the way down. But uh, other than that, I'm getting a lot of, eh. And that's the way I've felt for a while, so I don't know. One text from a pizza delivery guy says, all those things are true. We do that. <laughs> 
my friend, number one, theft is theft. Whatever rationalization you want to put on it. One little Number sausage. two, if you didn't do that, you'd be a fool. <laughs> a fool. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm reading from Market Watch. It's an opinion piece by Brett Aaron's opinion piece with a bunch of facts in it, which is the best way to back up any opinion. I don't know if I agree with all of it. You don't have to agree with all of it anyway. But anyway, baby boomers commit the seven deadly sins of retirement planning. Uh-oh. The lights have been green for the baby boomers all their lives. They were born after World War II, between 46 and 64, raised during the biggest, most sustained economic boom in human history. Many of them sent to college, grad school by their doting parents when it was still cheap or nearly free. Mm -hmm. And then, when they went out to work, they were able to accumulate stocks, bonds, and real estate just as prices began to skyrocket. The The Dow Jones Industrial Average was 1,000 in the early 80s when most boomers were first entering the workplace. 1,000. The Dow was at 1,000. Got to adjust it for inflation, but it's still a huge increase. Yep. So after all this good luck, where are they now? A new study has the numbers, and they aren't pretty. Boomer Expectations for Retirement, a new annual study from Insured Retirement Institute, that's a trade body for the annuity industry, that'd be some... Dull, straight, we don't have opinions, we just want to know what's going on, people. You'd think. You'd think. Your Christmas party has actuary tables. Yeah. Most boomers are unprepared for retirement, even as they approach it or enter it. Amazingly, barely one in ten has enough saved up. Wow. This is hardly the first study to report on Americans' poor retirement savings, but the IRA survey stands out because it focuses specifically on boomers. Um, interviewing people between the ages of 56 and 72. And in a nutshell, based on their numbers, about 11% have a half a million dollars saved for retirement. That's hardly a king's ransom, it says here, but it might have to do for retirement. The remainder don't even have that. Nearly half don't have any retirement savings at all. No. Nearly half have zero retirement savings. Wow. Boy, it's... It's kind of like this. So we've got this uh, $22 trillion debt in America. If we're running up debts like this when everything is great, mm-hmm. what's it going to be like when it turns bad? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of reminds me of that for the boomers. If you couldn't save money when it was the greatest time to ever be a human being on planet Earth in terms of preparing for the future, then maybe people just never will or never can. Well, except that they did to a large extent in the past, although the life expectancy has increased so much that, um, you know, that's a complicating well, fact. What is your expecting? What's your life expectancy if you have zero dollars saved up? Crappy. How long to, it lasts? I don't know. Expect but, to die the day I quit working, I guess, because I don't have a single dollar. Ah, the government will bail me out. So, uh, yeah. yeah, well, it yeah. used to be. And listen, uh, well, I don't know. I have so many caveats. I ought to just shut up and get to as my point. It, as it says here. Does everybody agree? Everybody agrees. I was going to say, there used to be a strong moral-slash-religious component to financial responsibility. 
uh, waste not, want not, was more than good advice. To be profligate in your spending was seen as a sin. To put away for a rainy day and, and the rest was seen as, as moral. And I think we've completely lost the moral aspect of financial management. Um, about half of those who make it into their early 60s will live past 85, according to actuarially, actuar, hmm, tables. <laughs> how are, how they are going to get by without anyone's, any savings at all is anyone's guess. So you're in your 60s, you're going to live till 85 and you have zero dollars set aside. That's half of baby boomers. Mm. You, you clearly... Either you haven't thought about it, which that seems odd to me that you haven't thought about it all by then. I understand a lot of people don't think about it. Your 20s, your 30s, you think you're going to live forever. You just you can't even picture getting old. Sure. As you said the other day, when you're young, you feel like old people. It's a choice they made. Right. It's not going to happen to Lack me. Lack of that, character. <laughs> that old man is shuffling because he's pathetic. Because he's decided, you know, he's given up. Why did he choose to be 70? I'm going to stay 29 forever. I'm going to stride down the street, loose-limbed and confident. Uh, but anyway, so I get that when you're younger. It's still dumb, but but you get, you've gotten into your 60s and you still haven't thought, what am I going to do? That means the, the, the plan is, well, I will be taken care of by the welfare state the social ne- the social security network whatever right or you or you just have wildly unrealistic ideas of what social security is right. but haven't you asked anybody i mean you're yeah. you're heading into your 60s i mean haven't you looked into this at all half of people got nothing you know those wiped out by unthinkable medical bills they have my sympathy um, and with all due respect to your, well, if you spent all your money your whole life and then you don't have enough for an emergency, that's not my problem. I agree with that completely. There are, you know, some people who've been hit with bills so enormous you never could have saved up that much money. No. And that's, that's wrong. And we got to figure out what to do about that. But that ain't half of people. No, absolutely not. Small number. Uh, so it's got the seven deadly sins. Not saving enough or anything is number one. It's the most off- obvious, but it's worth repeating. An astonishing 23% of baby boomers have no retirement savings and never did. Mm. So you've got half that are heading into retirement, or in theory retirement. You're not going to retire if you got no money. Um, but I don't know what job you're going to do. Well, you're going to live in a tiny, crappy place and eat terrible food and pray you don't get sick. Um, but so you got half that don't have any money, but you've got 23% who never did, never saved any. Yeah. My dad's been telling me about that crowd. Since I was a little kid, our neighbors who had new cars and we drove an old car and they, they probably were and my dad was right. They weren't saving any money. Zero. Right. right. Wow. That's amazing. And then the problem is, and I know what direction this is going to go. Do you make the people who did save up some money or the people who are, uh, you know, still in the workforce paying taxes now pick up the slack for those people that had no plan? Well, I've mentioned it. It's been a while. I think Nancy Pelosi and and her crowd runs this up the flagpole about, I don't know, once every couple of years. I remember Nancy uh, making uh, running a, a trial balloon up or, or, you know, running this up the flagpole. People with excess savings should be asked to do their fair share to help those less fortunate. The term that's, excess savings. That's when I take danger, up arms. That's when the, I actually yes. take up arms. Yes. That's when you've got to, you've got to have a violent revolution. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. You cannot let that happen. 
Right. Those who have been blessed the most, who have disproportionately extracted by whatever skill more and more from the national wealth, You're they're going to have to share more of that. You're yeah, a Marxist. That, that is a horrifying. That sentence, I remember when it first came out, that's uh, the senile old syphilis ridden Jerry Brown when he was still the uh, governor of Cal Unicornia. That screed was wrong on so many levels and horrifying on so many levels let me hit with a couple of these real fast because they're, they're all pretty interesting uh, do i have time i don't have time for any of them you know what i'll have to do it wow. if you if you're blessed to get the next hour i'll hit you with some of the uh, you, you didn't save time for that content Oof. you spent the time clever boy Poor who's smart now huh not me who's judging now i am and i'm enjoying it <laughs> armstrong and getty Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. 